0: Hi there everyone and welcome to live with Pam here on this lovely Remembrance Day, November 11th, a day where I think of freedom in the most profound way. And I also think, wouldn't it be fabulous if not only could we feel this, a sense of freedom in our world, in our country, but also in our own home, in our own lives. Now, a lot of uh, my listeners have either taken to my High Conflict Custody Battle podcast or my podcast on narcissistic type behavior. So whether you're men or women out there who are experiencing these um, difficult dynamics, I, I hear you and I'm with you on this journey. It's complicated, it's long, it's lonely, and it can be very isolating to try and differentiate yourself from... The negativity that is around you. However, it's possible. It is more than possible to be able to find some freedom within yourself and still be in a difficult relationship. Is it ideal? Well, only you can decide what works for you. Many experts out there would really love it if you left your difficult relationships and that is so much easier said than done isn't it often I think many of us don't get help because we worry about the judgment from others about our circumstance and how difficult it is um And so we stay silent and we stay isolated. However, I'm here to say that whether you connect with me personally or not, that I am walking with you through the complications of high conflict or the complications of a narcissistic type relationship. So I'm just looking at my own experiences and I've had both and I'm trying to articulate to you not in simple terms but just tools that helped me manage those difficult times and I have no particular order to be honest. All I know is the biggest uh, thing that Helped me overcome the narcissism and the high conflict was having an intention larger than the problem itself. And so, when it comes to the high conflict, when I think of uh, of that time in my life and the custody battle and all that that entailed, I ask, what was my biggest intention? And then I encourage you to ask, what is the intention? Is it to if it's to win, which it was in the beginning? I believe for me was to be right, to be heard, to be seen by the lawyers, by the opposition, um, for those to see my value and to see that I was a good person. So, at times I would placate and uh, give in to the system, thinking that they would see me as a good person, only to basically have sold. My soul, and then there was other times where I gave in uh, and said yes, just to be liked, to be hopefully understood in a different way. But what I realized through all of that uh, over time uh, was the deficit thinking, the lack of worth thinking the not valuing um, my parenting or myself as a human being or as a woman was more to do with my uh, lack within myself and this old program. If I look back now, it was like this old program that kept playing in my mind and it all had to do with a lack of worth. And I think when you come from a background where parents didn't have the ability to protect you in a way to acknowledge that worth, to have it penetrate through your body on a a level that you uh, could relate to and and feel throughout your life, then you have nothing to go by when the shit hits the fan in your life during a high conflict. I'm not even sure if... uh, You would get yourself into a high conflict situation if you came from a home where there was love uh, unconditionally. But that being said, that was not my uh, circumstance. And so the intention was during that high conflict period in my life was to have healthy children and stable children and children who felt secure. And so each and every time it was uh, the moment to go to the parent, the other parent's home, or the parent called, or there was a letter, or there was an email, or there was a court order. Regardless, I had to get my head around the fact that I wanted healthy children, and healthy children meant, in my situation, uh, for there to be both parents involved. I'm not sure if that is the case for everyone out there, but in my case, my children uh, wanted a relationship, therefore, I needed to support that. So that was kind of the first thing that I kind of held on to that was the anchor I wanted healthy children and whatever that meant and I had to get my own story out of the way of lack in order to create that pathway and again it's not easy because at times my ego would say they're not um, the right parent for the job and you are and but again that's just ego that's just fear But with time, effort, and coaching, I was able to trust the process and know that the only thing I really needed to do, which was my next step, was to focus on my own mental and emotional well-being. Once I stabilized myself, and even in the process of stabilizing myself and getting my own emotional shit in order my kids started to shift. They started to repair from the conflict. And so I encourage you all, the pointing the finger to someone else is, puts you in the back seat of your car and makes you vulnerable to be T-boned at any time. I encourage you to get in the driver's seat of your life and to figure out what you need to do in order to make yourself emotionally well, sound, body, mind, and soul and focus so much less on anybody else you feel is taking that from you. Because no one can take anything from you without your permission in the sense of uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but names can never hurt me. You know, it's kind of like that. Words are just words. It's up to us if we give them power. And what I realized over time is the more centered I got, the more stable I got. Any um, negative emails or toxic type behavior that came from anyone um, just kind of washed off me. It was it was a non-event. If anything, I just sent myself love and, and sent the person that was obviously troubled some love as well. Now, those are big steps, people. I totally, totally realized that. But I got to a point where... I no longer wanted to suffer. And I knew that when I was suffering, my children were suffering. And so to end the suffering, I no longer bought into anyone else's story and I created my own story, which is why I became a coach is because I want to help people. I didn't even think it was possible for this experience to feel like this in my lifetime. And so I am so excited about connecting with other people to help them reach similar goals. Now, as far as the narcissism, that is something that I was born into, meaning my parents, uh obviously had their own deficits in their childhood. Therefore, they projected those deficits onto me. And when you've lived in a narcissistic type environment, chances are you're going to meet someone familiar and similar to that personality style. And so the first thing I obviously had to do was realize that I was in a pattern. And uh, yeah, I remember way back when (laughs) trying to think I could change these people. And I guess what I really was trying to do when I think about it now, I was trying to get my dad to love me. And I think every child wants that. If there's been a parent who has not been available emotionally and who who has not created stability and security within the home, and safety, most importantly, safety, then we spend the rest of our lives searching for it, and conforming and placating in order to hopefully obtain it. But again, just like the conflict uh, and stabilizing myself through that, The only way we can shift in the energy field of a narcissism is to go in ourselves and find all that we are and start caring about it, valuing it, and loving it. So I think one of the first steps is noticing the pattern when you're in a relationship with a narcissist. Noting uh, noticing who you are in the presence of that narcissistic type behavior, and what you do day in and day out um, to exist in that relationship. many a times, uh walking on eggshells was something that i I felt I was doing, you know, just kind of tiptoeing around the mood. And there was times when I would just hear their footsteps hit the floor and I could just feel my chest kind of sink into my gut and this anxiety, this low vibrating anxiety would just start humming through my body. And what I didn't realize at the time but I realize now is I would live most of my life for at least... Forty years or so in survival mode, not really being able to think outside of that because of the anxiety of always being ready for the worst case scenario. So I realized the pattern, and I realized with a lot of work, a lot of inner work that and a lot of research, on narcissism, that there was nothing in my entire being, a clairvoyant or not, uh, a healer or not, a spiritual person or not, I could not change the way uh, a narcissist um, related to the world, that there was no wiring within the front of their brain to help them ever have any empathy the way I had empathy and I realized that it was my empathy that they desired and so at the time it wasn't um and maybe this is the case for many of you out there is like uh there was no way to leave that narcissistic type relationship due to many circumstances of one being uh, uh, financial stability at the time. So what I started to do was just create my own awareness on my own time. I made time to discover more about who I was, even more information about the narcissism, and starting to really identify the narcissist uh, when it was full throttle, when it was blown right up. And In the beginning, I would retaliate and defend, but over time, what I realized was the thing I needed to do was just hold my own. And that is something that is not uh, fondly taken by a narcissist. They would like a response good, bad, or ugly. Um, They'll take anything, but I would just hold my own and which would escalate the narcissist into another level of um, toxic output towards me. And uh, I would just calmly, I think that was the Kind of the thing that really started to uh, give me momentum was I would calmly say, "I'm not going to get involved in this. I think it was my calmness over time that started to diffuse the narcissistic energy. so I did that for several months and um, and then I moved into more of an authority uh place where I started to decide um, what was what I was going to tolerate and what I wasn't going to tolerate. And I just started setting stronger boundaries. And trust me, none of this was easy. I was scared out of my mind. I remember saying to my own coach, I feel like I am walking the plank and there's nails every step of the way. It was so daunting to, and so unfamiliar to protect myself. So just know that none of this work, none of it, is comfortable, but it feels better than surrendering to it. I was losing myself in my relationships. And I felt that I would rather take the chance of suffering to find out who I was, who I truly was at the core, than to suffer any more giving myself up. So I guess that became my... Next intention was, I didn't want to give any more of myself up, and uh, going back to what I said earlier, I didn't want to suffer anymore. And so one of the biggest worries I think, as I'm thinking about this, was like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm I'm maintaining a pattern, uh, generation after generation. My kids are gonna uh, end up in relationships with a narcissist, but there's only so much uh, an individual can do when they've had a pattern so strongly embedded in them. And I believe that my kids witnessed a woman transform, a mother transform from a placating type personality to uh, a very empowered, very sustainable, passionate, authentic, honorable uh mother woman and um advocate for freedom to be yourself and the freedom to speak and the freedom to participate in life each and every day. Um which I didn't get as a child because I had two parents who were, uh, who were struggling. And so when we take authority over our own lives, when we start to drive our own car, then we can transform not just our own lives, but the lives of those we care about. And... Someone asked me the other day, well, when is it, you know, you keep using this car metaphor, well, when is it okay then to let somebody drive your car? Because, you know, my wife drives my car all the time. Well, I kind of felt like it was a trick question a bit, because, you know, I even get people to drive my car, but then I got thinking, I just upgraded uh, my car and gave my uh, 10-year-old car to my daughter. But I still wanted everybody who drove in our house to uh, be able to move my car if they needed to or take it somewhere if they needed to. But a few things in the car operated differently. So what I realized was once I had got used to driving my car and knowing all the different buttons and, and gears and things to push, then I could then teach those I care about how to drive my car. So I guess the question uh, is answered in a way that don't let anyone drive your car. Don't let anyone run your life until you yourself know how to run it. So what I mean by that is, you know, it can even as be as intimate as as the bedroom. No your body know what works for you know when you want to be touched I've had so many uh, clients over the years who um, get woken up in the night for um, intimate moments that if they had the courage they would turn down because they're tired they're not in the mood and these are times that we can start setting some boundaries um, about when people can touch our bodies and when they can't and, and teaching someone how to I guess just on a day-to-day basis forget the bedroom but how to touch you and connect with you on a day-to-day basis and, and, and I don't think they'll be able to help create that safety till you yourself knows what feels safe so that'll leave you with that um kind of example, and I'm certainly uh happy to have more questions um sent to me directly through new life coaching by pam dot com um I'm happy to answer any, but those are really really um imperative is boundaries Um, they really help with the narcissistic energy and it's all about really starting to say no when you mean no and saying yes only when you mean yes and and know that that doesn't mean you're always going to get a positive response from your narcissist but we're just at the moment the intention is is trying to get you back to your true self so a lot of people say, Pam, I don't even know what that is. I haven't asked myself that question. I have no idea what I want. Well, maybe an old-fashioned way and maybe the long way, but there's many ways to get to New York City. But maybe starting with what you don't no longer want, what you'll no longer will accept, at least clears some of the weeds out of the way for you to create a pathway forward because this all has to be forward thinking if we stay immersed in the past of and continue to replay over and over and over again all the things that have been done to us and who have hurt us we are hurting ourselves each and every time we replay an event we suffer Each and every time we tell somebody, sometimes there's lots of people out there who, if they've got 10 friends, uh, they tell all 10 friends their story, their trauma. Each and every time you tell your trauma, your body relives it like it's being chased by a dinosaur. Each and every time you worry, you have fear, It's your body stays in survival mode. There is no room when a person is in survival mode. There is no room for creativity. There is no way to find access out. So the job is, people, is to get centered, to breathe, and to focus on the breath, to focus on an intention that is bigger than the fear itself, which for me was freedom. The freedom from the constraints of all my worries and shames and blames and regrets and doubts was to find presence. And so I invite you to find presence on this beautiful day of remembrance and to find not only the freedom in November 11th, but to find the freedom that you desire and that is your right as a human being, as a man or as a woman. And to breathe in the beauty of this moment and letting that breath that presence of the moment, be your guide. Thank you for listening. It's Pam Blanchard, newlifecoaching.com. Namaste.